Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Leadership starts at home. Welcome to Lead Time. I'm Jake Bessling, and I'm here with Tim Allman. What up? We are both married and both have three children. Life is good. Today, we're going to talk about those lives. Our lives, when we are away from our church Mm. serving and away from the office and we're at home, I'm not talking about just eating Cheetos on the couch. Bonbons. We both believe leadership starts at home. You might be thinking, what? No, 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 it doesn't. It starts when I get into the boardroom and I bark orders at my employees. Friends, that will will get you nowhere anywhere. So don't bark orders. What? I think I think it starts with the plan to build a new building for organization. What? I think it starts with my charisma and my talent. I have to give to my church. No. Leadership starts at home. If you think otherwise, you have then um, you've had your priorities messed up. Let's just be honest. Yep. The way you lead at work should stem from a good base at home. Now, it doesn't have to be the same style. Uh, we as men and women listening um, are all called to different roles, both in your house um, and in your job, in the workplace then. But leaders starting at home means having your priorities oh, man. in the right place. Nailing it, Jake, today. this I'm so passionate about this topic. I mean, one of the first things that uh, – the first and the worst things that could happen to me would be for – Alexa, my wife, to hear you or other people on our team here at church and school talking positively about me and saying, uh, and she then responds, what? I don't know that dude at home. That's That's so different. That's a totally different dude. I yearn for there, and I pray you as a leader yearn for there to be consistency, congruence in every environment that you're in. I'm just Tim, and my Um, leadership... Jake. That's right. My leadership better start at home or... If there is a lack of congruence and consistency, it'll eventually catch up with me. Be the same person everywhere you go. Uh, Today, we're going to talk and share with you five real-life lessons we have learned from our mistakes on leading in our home life so you cannot make those mistakes and you can succeed at both work and home. Leadership starts at home. Kick us off, Tim. Yeah, number one, real-life lesson. The first real-life lesson is change has to start with me. As a husband and father, I'm a leader in our home. If something is, quote, off the rails, I have either caused or allowed it to happen. I'm just going to pause right there. And if you're a leader, that's your responsibility. Uh, you are setting the cultural tone for your organization. And so if something's off the rails, you allowed it or you caused it. So I get the privilege and responsibility of setting that cultural tone in my home. Is my home going to be a place of peace and love and joy, solid relationships where we challenge one another to grow, where we want what's best for one another? Or is my home going to be a place of hostility, worry, anxiety, competition? You know, it better be the former. I want a peaceful, calm, loving, and out of that trust and love, a challenging home environment. And I better I better model that. So if you're in that place, though, and it's a bad, a bad place, mm-hmm. you have a choice, don't you? Totally you can keep going down that path or you Repent, can man. Get, Confess. On the, get the train on the right track. That's right. So all I can control at the end of the day is me. I can't control my wife or my kids. You may have tried that, fellas. It doesn't work. I'm not God. I'm just one guy on Team Allman. I have to focus on my own individual learning and then my leading. Therefore, I better only invite my family and kids to do things that I'd be willing to do myself. I better model a servant heart at home. 
mop the floor, empty the dishwasher, mow the lawn, vacuum. And you may be saying, I've come home from a long day. Get after it. Come on. This is I'm your so tired. I'm so tired. I just want to sit on the couch, get a beer or whatever. No, 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 no. Today is a day for you to come home and invite Jesus, the living Jesus, to let you serve. Even after an eight, 10 hour and you've had all this kind of stuff, your wife doesn't care. I mean, she cares. But she's been with the kids all day, man. She Do just not wants say that's not my job. That's not my job. That's not, not my role. role. No, serve at home. Uh, I better be continuing to learn what it means to support my wife. I should be asking questions about what she needs. I better set dates, continue to date her, win her heart. As a father, I better be initiating. This is huge for me right now. I love it. I better be initiating deep conversations to cast vision for what God could do in the lives of my kids as they continue to mature. I'm the leader on the watchtower. And this is, if you're... Uh, CEO, uh, a pastor. Here's your posture. You're a leader on the watchtower, keeping an eye out for the dangers that lie ahead. And therefore, in my home, I am making course corrections to ship Allman, Team Allman, get us back on the right track. And I want to have those deeper conversations. Are you having, Jake, deeper conversations with your kids? Tell us your kids' ages. I mean, mine are 11, 10, and 9. And I feel like this is crunch time for me as a dad at home. Talk about your kids' ages and stages and what, what sort of conversations are you having? Yeah, we're setting that base now uh eight-year-old francesca six-year-old penelope and two-year-old benjamin mm. and especially with our girls that can have more dialogues you know um one of our kids is kind of trending towards some sports activities and uh you're trying to find out what's the motivation there i mean what's the root cause of of you doing something for a while and saying i don't like that anymore i don't really want to do that and a lot of times it's 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 a really deep thing i mean it's emotional especially with girls and so trying to understand and help them see what what jesus would want them to do how this is going to benefit them not only them but then other people um and so yeah, really getting to that deeper level of why why are you going to make this change right now? Are That's you right. are you really sure this is the best change? Um but then we have one of our our children that Penelope that really loves to try a lot of things. And so um just fanning into flame that spirit of let me just do it for her it's great. Do a <laughs> lot of different things yep. and she's only 6, so she doesn't have to commit to anything. Um when you commit to it for a season, yes, complete that, but then move on to other things. And so I'm having good conversations with her about just her her willingness to try a lot of things. Yeah. I know with you and with me, we were so blessed, man, to have uh, a solid home environment mm-hmm. where our parents spoke life and love into us, cast vision into the future. I just could talk about my dad for a second. He wasn't perfect, but he was quick to ask for forgiveness, and he was eager to cast bi- big vision for my life and the lives of my brothers and sisters. And I can't tell you how many times when I was going to bed, leverage those moments at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day to speak life into your kids. He would say something like this, son, Jesus is going to do incredible things through, through you, and I can't wait to see what that is. My early years are filled with a culture, a home environment of hope and love and joy for what was coming. And I emphasize uh, with those of you who did not have that sort of example in the home, if your home life was rough, the church, your church, whether it's Christ Greenfield or another church, is a great place to find godly male and female leaders in the home. Ask them to mentor you. Ask them questions. Ask how they raise respectful and joy-filled kids. Ask them how to maintain a culture of love and challenge, that tension, love and challenge in their home. Leader, recognize, to close here, point number one, recognize that you are first called to be the change that you want to see in others. Change has has to start with me. All right, point number two, Jake. Amen. Presence is the priority. Presence is the priority. If you're driving along the road right now, just yell that out. Presence is the priority. Presence is the priority. Yeah. 
<laughs> leader, I just bet you lead your organization with, you know, you have good priorities at work. This is what we're going to do for that quarter. This is how we're going to get the mission accomplished. We, As we talked about in another episode, we have a wig, a Wally important goal. Um, well, you have all that at work. You prioritize finding the right people, putting them in the right seats on the bus. And you have people development in your routine as you lead your your organization. Are you prioritizing, though, your own personal life and family life with your presence? Leadership, of course, starts at home. I had a friend go to marriage counseling in which the counselor said, you're, you're a pretty good leader, aren't you? Absolutely. Yes, yeah. I am. Thank you for noticing. Uh, you're a manager and you run your business so well and you're working long hours and so many people report to you. Man, he's just boasting and putting them up. You must you must put in a lot of time, huh? I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You must put in, what, 60, 70 hours yeah, a week? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then the counselor dropped the truth bomb. Wow. If you put in that type of effort at home, you wouldn't be in my office. Boom! Oh, Oh, mic drop. My friend was like, oh, I knew in that that time that I had misplaced really my first priority. And my presence had gone more toward my work life than knowing leadership starts at home. So if you lose at home with your family, with your kids, I mean, you lose a you lose a lose at life, man. Uh, I mean, think about that. grace, man. But man, that's heavy. Oh, yeah. So we want to correct that now. I mean, my friend was struggling to keep so much afloat at work. But what was he doing? He was making work his idol, his God. He was trying to control work honestly. And when you see this priority shift a lot of times, it's because we're avoiding sometimes things at home maybe or in our life. We're trying to fulfill something from our past that we didn't have, um, something we're, we're maybe deflecting onto work, and we don't want to deal with it. And it can ruin your family connection. That friend and I have the same problem, honestly, treating work sometimes as an idol. My failure has come in saying yes uh, to work stuff, justifying that it was for God since I work at a church. Instead of, it took a long time, you know, and I'm I'm in a better groove now, but saying no to things that shouldn't really take priority in my life. So yeah, give us some tips on what that exactly looks like uh, for you. How have you made some good strides forward to, to make those changes? Yeah. I mean, if this is you and your priorities out of balance, um, the step would be reprioritizing your life, right? That's so right. leader, um, here's the first one. Look at your schedule and schedule time at home. I mean, it sounds crazy, but block it out on your calendar. If you schedule meetings and work stuff, I mean, why not schedule, let's say, date nights with your wife, um, time that you're going to leave work so yeah. that you keep to that, that your secretary knows that, uh, getting to work at a certain time, taking off for vacation. Schedule what time you're going to lead your family and family devotions even. Put on your calendar, 8 o'clock at night, you're going to carve this out. Yeah. If you're married, don't stop dating your wife. All right. Pastor Tim and I are going to talk about this. Date your wife, mm-hmm. not another wife. Date your wife. Trey Cox, a mentor in both enough. of our lives, said he said to us long ago, schedule a date night once a month. This way you still know your wife and you love spending time with her <laughs> when you're empty nesters because they are empty nesters, him and Janelle, and they love each other still. They still hang out. And for years, just their whole marriage, they've carved out at least once a month, maybe more. That that date, date night. I just took my wife uh, with me to a wedding that I had performed in downtown Mesa, and it was so fun taking her to weddings because it's all free now. Free food, <laughs> cake, and Freeze beer, you know? for pastors. <laughs> but my wife and I, I mean, we danced, reconnected, enjoyed each other. Um, so take yeah. your wife on a date. Tim, what's the last date you yeah. went on with your you wife? Know, we're in a rhythm right now, Alexa and I. Looking forward to our Friday mornings together. Yes. I just saw you last yes. week. Yeah. We dropped the kids off. And a lot of you are in a different season. Maybe your kids are home. And so it's harder to find this time. But right now in this season, over the last few years and in the coming years, Friday morning, 
before I golf at 1230 is uh, time breakfast. So our breakfast, an hour and a half out, just reconnecting. That gets me through and her through like the Monday through Thursday, which is more intense. Let's be honest. So I got to say this to start your day, connect with your spouse and tell them what your day is going to look like. (laughs) Tell them, okay, invite them into it at the the evening. When am I leaving in the morning? I got to tell her, okay, are you taking the kids, whatever, get very clear on when I'm leaving, what sort of help we can offer one another. And then when I'm going to come home late afternoon for me, this is why I love living close five minutes from church. I get home from five to six 30. If I got a, a night meeting that hour and a half, two hours goes a long way reconnecting uh, at the end of the day. Helps fill up their love tank. You still have a presence versus working through that time. Um, that, that'd be really tough. So get talk home. about day offs, dude. I mean, you got to get your Sabbath, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think we've both grown in this area over time, um, if we go back to the, the word, you recognize that Jesus or God himself um, carved into the fabric of our rhythms a day off. And so he he rested on the seventh day. He's God. He didn't really need to rest. He doesn't necessarily get tired, but um, he, he did that for our benefit. Right. And so on your day off, leader, and I know this is really, really hard in the, the world, but really decide what you're not going to do that day. Hmm. You're not going to email other people. This is your day off. This is a 24-hour period where you're recognizing you're not actually in control anyway. You're not God, and you need to focus on um, what God really wants you to. Family, friends, um, and honestly, fun, having a good time. So no email, no phone calls, just really connecting with the people that you need to, including God himself. And let me say this. Sometimes you're in a busier season of sure, life, and sure. I'm getting rid of busy. You just need yeah. to be more present with right. people. And sometimes finding that 24-hour period is hard. Some teams may be waiting on you. So if that's the case, just tell your spouse right. or your kids, hey, man, I'm just going to need an hour It's advent. Exactly. I'm just going to need an hour today to get on email to finish this project. Sure. I, I thought I'd get it done. I didn't. This isn't a legalistic kind of heavy yeah, I mean, thing. You're you still know? creating a boundary within yep. the Sabbath to say, I, I need to do this. But the problem comes when you, you don't keep to that hour. It just continues on. You, yeah. You're stressed out about it. You know. Right. Um, the cool thing about all of this is that um, the, the way to prioritize presence is you just got to show up. Just be present. I mean, it's not rocket science. Just show up with your family and be there. Be in the moment. Let everything else disappear. And I know when we're speaking as guys that we struggle with this. Um, but once you lock that in, it's so incredibly rewarding because you're you're displacing everything else and you're being present right yeah. there in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. How can I be where my feet are? I've been resonating with that. My mind, my heart. Everything, my focus being exactly where my feet are. And leader, if you need a reset, find a, I mean, we've got monasteries around, go for a hike, spend a whole, like literally spend a whole week with no social media or, or email content. If you're on a team, if you're a leader and you've equipped your team, they, they'll love you. And and hopefully you give like Jake. I'm going to be on vacation on uh, next week over Thanksgiving. If I'm pumping out work and I'm moving you to work, tell me to tell me to stop. <laughs> you know you should do that. Tim, it's Thanksgiving Day at three o'clock. <laughs> stop. Watch football. Watch eat some, some turkey. Play some football. Yeah. I mean, it really hit home. This presence is the priority, um, and it continually does. But Benjamin, my almost three year old, he loves to play with Paw Patrol toys. And one day recently, he was like, Daddy, Daddy, play with me. And then 
this went on and on for about an hour. And man, I was so dumb that day. I was so focused on writing something on my computer at home that I missed a chance to play with Ben on the floor. And it wasn't until I finished that what I had prioritized, uh, probably getting something done for my boss, joking, that honestly (laughs) could have waited till the morning that I sat there really tearing up because he had moved on to watch something on TV like Paw Patrol. Yeah. You so instead get, of playing yeah. with them, he went on to to watch that on TV. And you don't get that time back, you know? You don't. Think about 10, 15, 20 years from now, or eight years from now, mm-hmm. when they, they start to move on. And, um, you know, they're the ones that are on the phone and you're trying to get them to engage. We're the ones most of the time on the phone. They're trying to engage us. So put all that aside and have a good boundary at home then to say, I'm not going to work at home, or at least I'm not going to work at home when it's really time for family. You can get up super early, stay up later, but that's past the, those are other times where your kids might not be around or your wife, you've already engaged with them. I'm getting nostalgic and a little tearful right now. Yes. Let it go. (laughs) Let it go. Yeah. I gotta let it go. Thank you. So the next day he did say, daddy, daddy, play with me. And, um, kids are so forgiving, which is amazing at this age. And so I got to lay there on the floor and play Paw Patrol. So lead it home by laying on the ground, giving your kids your presence and prioritizing your wife, kids and family, especially if your kids are little. (laughs) I don't, I'm not an avid. Um, advocating. advocating the 16 year old, Hey, let's lay on the ground. But it could be, it could be a beautiful talk with them as That's well. Right. Presence is the priority. Move it on. Number three, number three. All right. This one's huge for me. Winning is often not winning long-term. What? Yeah. I'm a competitive person. My competitive nature is no. helpful. <laughs> Come on, man. What? My competitive nature is helpful for instilling in me a desire to drive, fulfill potential, yada, yada. Yet my competitive drive did not compliment me in the early years of marriage. Let me explain. I could often win the battle, the argument, and end up losing the war, which means the war is deepening my relationship of love and trust with my wife. What's more important? being right, winning, or deepening your relationship with your spouse or kids. It's obviously the latter. All of us would say, you know, family is obviously more important. So if that is true, then why do we self-sabotage in the effort toward being right, winning? Well, here's why. It's because we're not very mature, emotionally mature. We don't like to humble ourselves. We forget This has been a huge learning for me recently. We forget that there is a third story to whatever the struggle is. Let me explain the third third story. A third story is a story between your story and another person's story. This is good for the workplace and the home environment. If we stay with our story and another person's story, all we'll end up doing is becoming defensive and striving to win. There's only two stories. If my wife loses an argument, I got to know this. If, we, if she's lost an argument, I've also lost. And here's why. When I said I do to her, two became one flesh. When she loses, I lose. There has to be a better way. Thankfully, there is. We must learn to get to the third story more quickly. So let's, let's role play it here, Jake. Jake, uh, you can be Alexa. Hi, Tim. Hey. Okay, scary thought. First, I'm going to give you what competitive Tim could say. Uh, and this is solely looking at my story, and this story is totally hypothetical. Hi- hypothetical, right? yes, totally yes. hypothetical. Lex, may it be known. Okay. Yet, how would you respond, Alexa, if I said this, uh, Lex? We need to talk. 
here's why. It really bugs me when you put dirty dishes in the sink rather than in the dishwasher. I mean, it's not a long move to open up the stinking dishwasher, put them the dishes in the dishwasher. Every time I have to put those dishes away, I resent you. Can you just develop, please, please, some sort of work ethic? How would you respond? <laughs> ah! Tim, Tim, get on the couch. Cry. Sleep on the couch. Yeah, that's what would get happen. Get out of here. There has to You're be a ridiculous. better way. I am ridiculous. There has to be a better way. Get to the third story. Here is how the nice and thoughtful Tim would start that conversation. Lex, I yes, know there's – Yeah, how? Yeah, good. See, we started. It's a lot about think about leader. Let me just pause right there. Think about how you start the difficult conversation. It's all about the start. You can start in a way, and it leads to defensiveness. It, it, it's just the word Lex. I mean, it's like Lex or yeah. Hey Lex. Hey Lex. What? Hey, yeah, yeah. Lex, I, I know there's I a, it was about tone. A, a lot going. There's a lot about tone. I know there's a lot going on. The kids' schedules, they're mm-hmm. crazy. I know mm-hmm. often after lunch or dinner, you're you're barely able to get out of the house. That's you right. got a lot going on. Yet when I come home from a long day, I I don't know why. But my eyes and my heart are drawn to those stinking dirty dishes. Mm. Humor is powerful here, Mm. friends. As illogical as it is, my peace is gone. I know this doesn't make sense. And for whatever reason, I have to put those stinking dishes in the dishwasher. It's illogical Mm -hmm. as it is. I sometimes get to the point where I I resent you for not putting them away. So if possible, could you – better yet, the kids – Make the kids do it. Could yes. you or the kids please put the dishes away and please also well, forgive for me for being me I didn't know that. Kids, come put these away. Yeah, that's right. And and I got to lead with uh, forgive me for being illogical. I'm going to own my internal uh, conflict. Life is filled with difficult conversations, and if you're like me, you've probably learned some bad habits that you should win a debate. Mm-hmm. Analyze the way you start difficult conversations. Try to find the third story. Monitor your tone. Recognize if you're a competitive person like me in the home, winning is often not winning. All right, point number four. Take the lead one chapter at a time. I'm a pastor who was trained to work with children and teens early on in my educational journey, and so I easily lead a devotion with my family. No big deal. I do that before bed with them most of the time. We pray at dinner. We love doing that, and I lead them in that. But over 11 years, I'm going to be honest, with my marriage to Nicolette, um, until this year, I've actually struggled to lead my wife well in daily-ish time in God's Word. It just it just never clicked. Um, sometimes I would speak way too much about theology of the text and kind of go off, and she'd be like, I'm not impressed. <laughs> I don't care. I am now annoyed, <laughs> and we are done here. Yeah. Um, other times, we just kind of got lazy with not having that as a priority. Sometimes it would just feel weird, and so um, the sinful flesh even of binge-watching mindless Netflix shows like Shooter, that's so good, or The Crown. <laughs> don't judge me. Yeah, My no. wife likes it. That's but cool. before before you know it, the night's over and you haven't really grown spiritually at all. Mm. Um, recently, though, I just decided how to take the lead. Uh, leadership starts at home. And I took the lead one chapter at a time. Here's what I mean. This isn't her issue It's it's uh, or someone else's. It's mine. I need to take the lead. And so Ephesians 5 in the Word says mm. to me as a husband, take the lead. She submits your leadership well why is she submitting to her leadership because i'm going to lay down my life for her i want to lead her well and i want to uh commune with her through the word of god and so what i did as i said we're doing this and she was so open to that let's just take one chapter of scripture per night and read it and guys gals folks it just takes about 10 minutes if that 
read one chapter. And so we're, we're reading the book of Matthew right now, and one chapter a night, like I said, let's say three out of the seven nights were, were honestly, but that's better than zero yeah. out of seven days yeah. per week. One chapter, and then you just kind of reflect and you ask, what do you think God is telling us through this chapter of scripture? And so for us, it's working that we don't go too deep into like, what does this really mean, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, hey, what is what is it saying here, and what does this mean for our life? So for all of us as leaders, though, it uh, doesn't matter if you're male and female, this leadership does start at home. And this can be right after you've tucked your kids into bed and you you say, you know what, before we're going to do anything else, we want to spend five to 10 minutes in the word of God. Tim, what is uh, some of your rhythms like that? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's praying with the kids before bed. It's speaking words of life over them. It's getting in the word together. Now, my wife and I have not done the chapter thing. So okay. I'm learning from that. And, and it's kind of like, constantly analyzing your own personal rhythms at the beginning and the end of the day. And and here's the thing that a lot of people struggle with is perfection. Mm. If I can't just nail this like seven days a week, if we just miss one day, and this is what I heard you say, it's, it's three, four days. I mean, it's good Then I'm not going to do it at all. It, this is the mindset. If it's not perfect, I heard from a guy the other day, this is fascinating. Yeah. A golf buddy. He, he uh, I hope, he, I hope he's not. Anyway, uh, he, it's he not you has, it's not you. Exactly. He has struggled with, um, getting over his cigarette addiction mm-hmm. and his, uh, healthy eating habits are out of whack and he doesn't work out with any sort of consistency. So he, he had this mindset. Once I get healthy, then I'll start working out. Um, and once I start working out, <laughs> I'll eat well. Well, he's failing on both fronts, and mm-hmm. so he just continues a bad habit. Can you just start and and give yourself room to try new things? It doesn't have fail to be— Fail forward. Exactly. Fail forward. Uh, we have such a tendency, especially in this day and age, if I can't nail it, if it's not perfect, I'm not going to do anything, and that's an absolute yeah, and, lie. Yeah, and part—I mean, a good step, though, that he is talking to you about it that now I've shared on this podcast that my wife and I are reading one chapter a day, I mean— talking more about those goals that you have, yeah. of course, writing them down, but even just talking them to with your friends. Yeah. What are you doing? That's right. This is what we're doing. Learn from It's going to um, keep you in check to do that again. So I'm convicted again. We haven't done it in about three days. And so, yeah, it, looking forward to and, and vari- yeah. variety is the spice of life, man. Yeah. You can try different sort of rhythms. And if so you don't like that book or something, right. or don't like that devotional or whatever, try something else. Just exactly. keep it grounded by the Bible. That's so that's number four. Uh, let's take the lead one chapter of the Bible or a book at a time. Tip number five, daily practice humility. I'm sick of the phrase servant leadership, Jake. You want to know why? Just sick. Why? There's no other kind of leadership. There are too many immature leaders running around in our workplaces, churches, and homes thinking they're a leader and they're defining their leadership as one who makes more money, has all the power, gets to call the shots. That's not a leader, bro. That's a dictator. So practice humility. Here's how you practice humility. Say you're sorry. (laughs) I'm a firstborn. Didn't learn that naturally. Say you're sorry a lot. Continue to learn. Admit admit you don't have all the answers. Confess you're trying the best you can and you are failing often. And here's a beautiful thing. You ought to see your family as your team. Believe this. Your team loves you. They will forgive you. Therefore, from a humble posture, let your family, your team know that you would do anything for them, that you're the chief servant in your house, that you'll do the most mundane chores. What do you do that's a mundane chore, Jake? 
right now? Mundane chore. A mundane chore. All the time. Taking uh, out the trash? D- all the time. All it the comes time. out Monday. <laughs> I hear I hear the uh, the trash guy coming, and I'm running out there. Yeah. I mean, do the little things. Empty the dishwasher. Uh, be present at home to sacrifice and serve. Even if it's been a long day, daily come home. Practice humility. Take the low place. Internalize Philippians 2 as we come down the home stretch here. The Father elevated Jesus through sacrifice and service. That's what elevated him. It was a downward trajectory that elevated Jesus. So as a leader in your home, take that downward journey. Humble yourself for the sake of others. Leadership starts at home and tip number five daily practice humility yeah wake up every morning and think how can i bless other people not myself how can i bless my my spouse how can i bless my kids my community and maybe even someone that was mean to you this week you show grace upon grace to them and it really all starts early in the morning Dive it into the word because leadership starts at home. I hope you guys have enjoyed our show today. We'd love for you to share this uh, with your friends, family, coworkers, other people. Share that on uh, all different types of social media platforms that you enjoy. Even text a link to a friend that really needs to know that leadership starts at home. We are pumped for our next lead time episode. We will be talking with Tess Waldhouse. Uh, Tess is a cancer survivor with a powerful story of resilience and deep dependence upon Jesus. Come back next time on Lead Time. I know you will be blessed. Peace. Peace. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org backslash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Monday for another episode.